All right, legends, welcome back, dude, to yet another episode of Get Around Me. What a time it is to be alive. This is actually my second crack at recording this podcast this morning. I was horrifically interrupted by the landscapers this morning, blowing leaves around. Dude, is there anything more annoying than the lower class? Honestly. God, blue collar scum. All right, Jesus Christ. It's like, guys, I'm trying to record a not very well-known podcast out of my bedroom. It's like, can we have the slightest bit of decorum for the arts? You know what I mean? Blowing leaves. When are we just going to give up that there's leaves on the fucking ground, dude? That's what I want to know. Because we're never going to win that battle. You know, it'll be the year 2073. Everyone will be half robot, half who gives a fuck. And there will still be leaves on the ground. Okay? So we can let it go. You know, everybody, you know, who, everybody on the planet knows that Get Around Me is released on Thursdays and that Billy records on Wednesdays. You know, I put little flyers into all the apartments in the building so people could respect the arts. Um, you know, the Strata Committee said they'd pass my recording schedule on to the, the relevant contractors here at the building. Yet I'm halfway through a trend end and we got a guy friggin' whippersnippering two centimetres outside of my window. So, you know, what a way to start the day. I'm a true warrior. Um, no one has seen hardships like me. There's no doubt. But then, you know, I'll tell you what really picked me up. Firstly, I realised I don't actually have any real problems. Secondly, I realised today, the day I'm recording this beautiful pod is December 1st, the official first day of summer. And I'll say it again for the 50 millionth time, make no mistake, there is only two seasons, summer and winter, okay? Cricket and footy, yin and yang. That is how the world works. I don't want to hear about any of this autumn, you know? If you think autumn is real, you probably believe in aliens and the Bermuda Triangle, dude, grow up, okay? There's just, the thing is, and I've been sheepish to talk about this because of how much I have shat on the other states and their respective capital towns over the past sort of, you know, year and a half or whatever. COVID, you'd think a a worldwide pandemic would galvanize this country in a way we have not seen before. What actually happened was we've become sort of bigger rivals than ever. You know, I look at the other states now. To be honest, I didn't even 100% know where some of the states stopped and other ones started before. We were living La Vida Loca. The only state I was aware of was Australia. You know what I mean? And we gave Tasmania some sort of a visa deal. That seemed all very above board. But now with COVID, we are at war with each other, most likely until the end of time. But the thing with Sydney is, dude, it, you know, let's be honest, summer should start in November. But in Sydney, we have not seen the sun in a, a gentleman's two and a half weeks. And I'm not making that up. I know at times 
on this podcast, I can exaggerate to a certain extent, but I'm, I'm telling you, we haven't seen the sun in quite some time and morale could be higher. You know, no wonder English people are always, you know, looking at the ground, forgetting to brush their teeth. I mean, it's not good for morale to have a lack of vitamin D. You know what I mean? Yeah, we need the weather to pick up a fair bit. Uh, they're, tell- they're saying it's a La Nina summer. Look, babe, I don't care what your name is, but let's fucking heat it up a bit. You know what I mean? Like, this is just out of control. We already had a wet summer last year. And now, you know, El Nino, La Nina. It went- When's someone from South America going to put their hand up and take responsibility for this weather? Because it's out of hand, you know? And here's the thing. I've got beautiful Irish skin. I don't do that well in the sun. You know, i got to lather up in layer upon layer of SPF 50. But I'm sorry. I'd rather be freaking burnt to a crisp with a big old smile on my face than walking around safe and sad under the, under the coward's cover of clouds. So we need the weather to shape up. We need the landscapers to shut the fuck up. <laughs> oh, dude. Also, just saw the Splendor and the Grass lineup came out like half an hour ago. What's doing? That lineup is absolutely electric. Dude, Casey Musgraves is there. She's like one of my favorite country singers. You know, I've always, you know, I thought maybe I'll see Casey Musgraves one day. She's at Splendor in the Grass for some reason. Why not? I already wanted to see freaking 85% of the acts anyway. Fucking put a bit of that on toast. Liam Gallagher's there. Oh my God, dude. It's too much. It's all too much. Hopefully get up to Splendor next year. Dude, they've got a comedy tent and I've tried to get booked on Splendor. Well, I think I tried to get booked in 2020. Obviously it never happened, but I don't think I was booked anyway. But also, dude, I tell you what, I'm not an arrogant man, despite, despite what the last 163 episodes of this podcast would indicate. Okay, I'm down to earth. I've got two feet and they're on the ground, planted. And here's the thing. I'm not an arrogant man. Am I the best comedian in Australia? Absolutely not. You know, am I in the top 20? Probably not. I don't know. You'd like to think so. I haven't really thought about what I'm trying to say here. But the point is this. When it comes to booking comedians for Splendor in the Grass, you can't tell me that I am not a freaking... I've got to be one of the first picked. I mean, you're telling... I, I come out in a bucket hat and my rat shirt and start melting the fucking paint off the tent to, to 421-year-olds who are absolutely out of their mind. I'm sorry, but who is hitting that demographic harder than Billy Darcy? Whose material is going to be more relatable? You know, we got 47-year-old blokes talking about their youngest daughter. And it's like, mate, people are peaking right now. How about you have some respect and talk about getting fucked up? So, you know, the powers that be, splendor in the grass and whatever companies own it. You know, I'm not saying put me on the poster. But there is a comedy tent at Splendor in the Grass and I would love to get booked for it, dude. Like, it'd be my number one thing I could get booked for in 2022. 
Because like, what's doing? Why are we sending these like 45 year old comedians? You know, have we got freaking, <laughs> have, we got, have we got millions of Dave Thornton fans at Splendor in the Grass, do we? You know, Dave Thornton's great. But at the same time, when are we going to recognize that everyone at Splendor is 22 and out of their mind? Let's hit the demographic with what they need. A bit of Billy Darcy, I would have thought. But anyway, get me in there. I would love to go. Also, if you could save me 500 bucks on the ticket, that's kind of two birds as well, isn't it? But anyway, the world's kicking along. I'm in a, I'm in a great mood. If the worst thing that happens to you is that some guy's blowing a leaf blower at your apartment block, dude, it is not a bad time to be alive at all. Ashes this summer. Big bash starts this weekend. I'm going on a boat party this Friday. What is happening, dude? What is happening out there? And the weather is terrible in Sydney, but I don't give a fuck. I am having the best summer of my life, no matter what. Okay? It's just, you can't, I'm not taking any more time off my 20s. There's a new COVID strain. Tell someone who cares, dude. I'm one lockdown away from freaking picketing with Egg Boy. All right? I love how everyone this week cottoned on to the fact that Egg Boy is absolutely out of his mind. Whereas, you know, people who listen to this podcast, the big players who listen along, you guys know that freaking we, we got in on Egg Boy at the ground floor. We've known this guy's batshit crazy for about six months. And, and no, you know, I, we broke the news. Now people are just cottoning on because I don't know if anyone saw Egg Boy did an interview at one of these protests over the weekend. He was obviously, you know, spouting wisdom, garbage, everything in between. You know, he's a wild kid, that egg boy. And, you know, I got nothing against him because, God, imagine being a public figure at 17. Just as you're going through your conspiracy phase, all of a sudden, you've got a freaking Channel 7 camera in your face. Dude, imagine you're going through your conspiracy phase and you're a public figure. You've got like 500,000 Instagram followers. That's insane. Dude, I 100% thought, and I'm not joking, for about three weeks when I was 17, I thought Barack Obama and Osama Bin Laden were the same person. Because I saw a YouTube video and they did like all the dots on their face. And then they just moved the dots from Obama's face to Osama's and it lined up. And, and then also I was kind of in on the fact that Obama rhymes with Osama. But imagine that. I'm, this is when I was like knee deep in conspiracies. And imagine just as you're freaking in this part of your life, you're also on the telly. I mean, that's crazy, dude. That is absolutely crazy. So fair play to Egg Boy. And I tell you what, dude, you know, we got the Omicron, the freaking, you know, I'm so sick of these new, new, these new strains because it's always like, it's just the fear of it. They're like... We got, the, we got the Kill Billy Darcy strain coming out. It's more contagious than ever and it knows where you live. And it's like, dude, I'm, I got the blue collar jab, you know? I've sprinkled AstraZeneca on my fucking wheat bix in the morning, brother, okay? I don't want to hear it. I'm done, okay? I'm not going back into lockdown. I simply can't. I'm not doing it. I've got a solo podcast out of my bedroom. Do you honestly think an extrovert of my nature can handle another lockdown? 
okay? I must vocalize every thought I have. Otherwise, I will simply explode, okay? I'm already working from home fucking five days a week, me and the four walls, you know? So we're not going back in. I'll tell you that. Otherwise, it'll be me and Egg Boy on Channel 7 together and I'll be freaking... <laughs> oh, God, that would be fucking awesome. <laughs> Oh, God. I love it. I love it all. But anyway, so here's the thing with this. Oh, actually, I'm done talking about that. So a couple of redactions from last week's podcast are my Ashes preview and Tim Payne chat. Firstly, firstly, first things first, you know, like I said, as far as the pain train, I get on trains. I don't get off them. Okay, so Tim Payne, uh, the main two things I said from my Ashes preview were that Tim Payne must play and Steve Smith must captain. I think within six hours of the podcast being released, Tim Payne had withdrawn from all future cricket indefinitely and uh, Pat Cummins had been made Australian Test captain. Okay, so I was aggressively wrong on both. I got to start freaking recording these previews a bit earlier. So, you know, I can have a couple more weeks of people thinking I might be right before it inevitably comes out that I am, in fact, as per usual, pretty far off the mark. (laughs) I don't know, dude. I just couldn't see that. Like, (laughs) I thought I was making some sense last week, to be honest. But yeah, poor Timmy Payne. His agent said they're really concerned for his mental health. And that's the end of Tim Payne, by the way. We'll never see him again. And I'll probably be wrong about that. But I don't. he'll never play for Australia again. And um, Tasmania have real no use for a 37-year-old wicketkeeper. So that will be the end of Tim Payne. An absolute shame. A freaking great cricketer and a great bloke. God forbid you send off a couple of consensual, consensual you know, freaking filthy, filthy messages. You know what I mean? Just a couple of adults who freaking are just down in the mud one morning, firing back and forth some absolute filth. What's wrong with that? You know, it, was, it wasn't the Lord's Day. It's all above board for mine. And like I said, I get on trains and you have to do something pretty fucking weird for me to get off them. And Tim Payne has not done that. You know, I'll be on the pain train till I die. Love that guy since he debuted for Tasmania. You know, we got to bloody ease up on these sports stars. So I was wrong about the cricket, but I'm on the pain train forever. So who gives a fuck? Now, let's sort of crack in to what's been going on, dude. What has been going on? Okay, so firstly, as we all know, I'm a Matilda's football fan. That's soccer. If you are a low-life grub you know, the Tillies, love them to death. So I've, I've written some jokes about the Matildas because, you know, I like to try and do jokes. I'm trying to be a bit more unique to myself. I'm trying to really just lean into Billy D more, you know? thing is, I'm getting older, I'm realizing I've actually got quite a unique personality. I don't know. I, that seems to, be, seems to be the go. So I'm trying to just lean into my own stuff a bit more and try and differentiate myself from other comedians you know, like I think in the past when I first started, I didn't want to be like 
too laddie about it or whatever. I don't know. But I just want to talk about what I want to talk about and, you know, try and like, not like crazy edgy stuff, but just stuff that I'm more interested in. You know, I heard this great quote that you should really, um, if you don't really give a fuck about what you're talking about on stage, then it, it will come across to the crowd. So I'm just trying to really be a bit more, you know, write about stuff I actually care about. So I've got these jokes about the Matildas I'm working on. Got about four minutes on the Matildas and it's me getting around them. But it's pretty tough sledding. People don't want to hear about the Matildas or women's sport uh, from Billy Darcy. I'll tell you that. And their new jokes, they're pretty rough. Like they're not great. I've got two or three that are good and then I've got to work, you know. They're, they're brand new. They're hot off the press. I'm still trying to work them out. And people don't like it. Like I was at, I did this gig last Tuesday or Monday and I'm talking about the Matildas and this, this drunk lady goes, hey, you be very fucking careful with what you're about to say. I'm talking about, <laughs> I'm talking about the Australian soccer team, you know, but you know, I guess as soon as you start talking about women's sport, I guess women just think you're about to absolutely shit on it relentlessly. So, and you know, who are they to think that, you know, it's just been freaking 2000 years of misogyny, you know, put a smile on your face, Kate, you know what I mean? But yeah, so I'm trying to get around them and I really, I, I build it in at the start. I say how much I like them and stuff, but it's still quite tense when I talk about this for whatever reason. To me, it's not edgy at all. I'm talking about soccer, you know, so whatever. But anyway, so this lady had to go at me, um, the other last week and then the next night I go and I've got my Matilda's jokes again because I'm working on them dude you know I'm working on these things and guess who's in the crowd the head of the A-League David Gallup okay and I got this one there's this one joke in there that's a bit red it's pretty red hot like it could go either way it gets some oohs and some some laughs I, I don't want to give it away because I'll do it at my show next year when I tour but now I'm kind of like, fucking hell, David Gallup is here, the head of the A-League. And I'm doing these these Matilda's jokes. And, you know, a coward would just not do them in front of him, I think. But I thought, nah, this guy will fucking love this. I thought, who else? What other freaking male lad comedians are talking about women's sport? I thought, this is... He'll tell all his other celebrity mates. Next thing you know, the kid Leroy puts me on his Instagram story... And I'm off to the races. So I thought I'd do a few of these bloody... I'll do the Matildas jokes for, for the head of the league. This will be great. And i got to say, he did laugh a few times. I saw him laughing. So, you know, going forward, these jokes have been co-signed by David Gallup. You know, whether he's willing to admit that or not. Okay, I did not converse with him after the gig. I think I drove home and smoked a joint. But... But either way, dude, David Gallup has laughed at these jokes. So, you know, heads up that 2022, I'm coming in with some of the hottest Matildas gear you've ever seen, co-signed by the head of the league. And if these 45-year-old women could stop freaking having a go at me before I even start, it's happened twice now, I've only done these jokes four times, you know what I mean? I've got the freaking sign-off from the head honcho. You know what I mean? So freaking leave me alone, babe. Let let the boys work. So anyway, so that was Monday, Tuesday. I'm getting bullied around. 
But then how's this? So Friday, I went and did this great podcast in the city, The Mug Off, which I've been on before. It's probably one of the best comedy podcasts in Australia. It's so funny. Highly recommend. If you haven't listened to my episode on there from last year or earlier this year, I'm not sure when I did it, but it's it's fucking good, to be honest. It's worth your time. If you like this podcast, you'll like that. And then uh, I don't know when this next one's coming out, but it'll be good too. But I walk in and it's in this office and I started to notice stuff that I recognized. And I realized I was like, oh, dude, I'm in the office of the Batuta Advocate. Hey, unreal. They got like the backdrop where they take the photos. They got the hats they wear, which I put on one of the hats. They told me not to, but I said, you're goddamn kidding. If you think I'm not trying on one of the hats. And uh, pretty cool office. They got like a podcast studio and this sort of stuff. It was pretty bloody good. I got to say, pretty bloody good. But in my mind, I was expecting like an office filled with like 400, you know, pretty cool 27-year-olds, you know, culture vultures just pumping out hilarious takes. But it's actually pretty small. I guess most people work from home. But yeah, I was in there having a sticky beak in the Batuta Advocate. Dude, those guys have got a tour again. I mean, surely they're just sitting on... I never saw their first show. But, you know, I think they played the Opera House. You know, people like the Batuta Advocate, the Inspired Unemployed, they're just sitting on millions of dollars of touring revenue. Just get out there and fucking sell the tickets. Most people just want to see you anyway. It's basically a freaking... It's basically a meet and greet... And then, you know, you know, have do a few freaking whatevers. I don't know, do a few jokes, a couple of sketches. My God, if I was the Batuta Advocate Boys, I'd be on the road nonstop just living La Vida Loca. Get all the fucking nerd interns back home pumping out the headlines while you're doing a bit of boot scooting on the road. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that at all, dude. So, yeah, pretty cool to see in there, actually. And, uh, and yeah, but... But I feel like I'm really rambling in this one. Um, I feel like with I tried too hard with last week's podcast, I felt. Because I actually put effort into it. Like as far as like really preparing it. I had like six pages of notes. And I did not enjoy recording the podcast. Because <laughs> I was just trying to remember everything. <laughs> so this week I'm flying off the cuff a little more, dude. So here's the thing. All right. Story of the weekend. It was my dad's 60th. And, you know, 60th, that's a big, that's a big one. And I was trying to work out what to get him. Obviously, there was the Father's Day debacle where my brother got him a waterproof Yui boom that floats that he can take fishing in his kayak. It's probably the best gift anyone's ever got anyone. I was able to come up with a, a fairly nice, but albeit uninventive bottle of red wine. So I thought this time I got to get him something good. Me and my brother will get Ashes tickets for the whole family. Okay. I ran it past my mum and she said she didn't want to go because the Barmy Army will be swarming with COVID. So, you know, that's uh, that's my mum, just a barrel of fun. And uh, <laughs> so that plan was off the uh off the thing. But we got Ashes Ashes tickets anyway. Pretty good present, I think. Pretty good present. And then we went out for Greek and then just straight into a session. 
And this is great. You know, it's, it's so good once you're older and you can just be mates with your parents. It's like we're just on a genuine session. So much fun. And uh, I remember we were walking past this one bar on the way to the pub. And some guy yells out, I love your comedy, Darcy. And he's like, I've seen you on TikTok. I go, cheers, brother. Appreciate it. And I was walking along with my dad. And my dad was like, oh, what's that about? And I was like, oh, he's just seen some of my comedy. Don't worry about it. And my dad goes, oh, that makes more sense. And I go, what? And, and he goes, <laughs> my dad thought this guy was yelling out to us because it was his 60th. <laughs> he thought everyone in, in town knew it was his 60th birthday. And then he was like, <laughs> he thought <laughs> he thought this random guy was like aware it was his birthday and was like, happy birthday, Das, the big 6-0, brother. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely loved it. It was the funniest thing. And then, um, dude, so we're out and about at the pub. Mum and dad wrap up at about 8.30 because it was a lunch thing. So it was a massive day, massive day. And my parents can drink as well. They got a fair, fair amount of stamina. And uh, so they left. And then we're just sort of morphing into a genuine, you know, young young people session. And how's this, right? This uh, This lady comes in. This woman, I should say, this vivacious woman, ran out of uh, words there, but she comes in and you know when you just feel like someone's got a story to tell? So she comes in by herself. She's absolutely stunning. Okay, stunning. And she's got, uh, she's blind and she's got the third, she's, it was her 30th birthday and she's got like the big 3-0, the balloons, but she's by herself and she's like, going crazy like just uh, she's a ball of energy she comes over to the table she's chained to my sister she's like trying to like kiss my sister you know it's pretty bizarre then she starts hooking up with one of my mates at the table uh this is like later on in the night so my parents aren't there otherwise this would be like the fucking funniest thing i've ever seen um she starts hooking up with one of my mates at the table she's like it's my birthday i want to kiss everyone on the lips it's like and then we were like, where are your friends? And she was like, oh, oh, fuck them. Don't worry about it. Like, And she's got the balloons by herself. And uh, it was like, man, I, I got the vibe. <laughs> I got the vibe that she had a big 30th birthday lunch. But unlike my dad's 60th, something has gone pretty, pretty wrong at her lunch. She was just walking around from table to table. And this, like, so attractive. Okay, I hate to get this blue on the pod. This is not PG rated, what I'm about to say sensational fake tits okay sensational i apologize for saying that but that's that's just me recounting the story okay but sensational fake tits upwards of the 15 grand region i'd imagine done domestically you could tell by the quality um she was actually having everyone at the table feel them so i can vouch for this um but yeah just a crazy chick so hot and you just could and uh, every time like <laughs> she was just like this wrecking ball in the pub um and it was just like it was like you could tell like either like maybe her boyfriend broke up with her or do you ever walk into someone you come across someone and you could just tell like they're just having an absolute moment in their life that was like this woman like it was like everything had come apart and she was just like fuck it i'm going out she was so hammered just l literally just licking people at the table it's quite bizarre behavior. 
And uh, she hung around for like half an hour and then off she went into the night. God bless her. I hope she's okay. And yeah, and then at one point, someone, I ended up smoking a bit of weed with someone for whatever reason. And then at about 10 p.m., this pub that never has a dance floor just opened up like this biggest dance floor ever. So now I'm on the dance floor pretty high and it's like, call me panic attack Pete, dude, because you should not be high on the dance floor. Not unless you're a Latin dance teacher with all the skills, you know? I'm giving my famous two-step while, while high and anxious. And uh, yeah, it was, it was a situation. <laughs> oh, God. But it was a cracker night. Absolutely cracking night. My dad turned 60. That chick turned 30. Best of luck to them both. How's this? My brother and my sister smoke-bombed on me on Saturday night. Like they just left together and they didn't even tell me they were leaving. Is that, where does that land on the, uh, on the sibling spectrum of betrayal? Cause that's not great. You know what I mean? Hit me up in the family group chat, send me a text, you know, shoot me a wave or something. You know, I was telling everyone for about half an hour, I was hanging out with my brother and sister. Then when we went back to the table, I was like, oh, they must've left. And someone was like, oh, they didn't tell you? And I was like, nah, 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 we're cool like that. We don't, we don't tell each other when we leave. That's what I said on the outside. Inside, tears. Okay? Tears. So, you know, got to get back over to the, to the family house for, uh, for dinner tonight. Saturday night recap of a family session. Looking forward to it. Okay, so cracking in or cracking along. Continuing to stand and bang. Uh, so, a couple of things I wanted to talk about on the podcast this week. Cannot believe 33 minutes, they reckon. This is either the best podcast of the year or I'm fucking re-recording this, dude. I honestly can't tell. I need to get like a producer guy. You know how like solo podcasts, like, you know, famous ones, like Tim Dillon's. He's got a producer there. So like the producer is sometimes laughing and I think, and that's good because you can sort of know when you're on the right track or not. Whereas I really have no idea until I listen to it later. So here we are. Anyway, probably edit that out. (laughs) So a couple of things I wanted to talk about. Massive uh, news in the sporting world, I suppose, is that I don't know if anyone saw this, but NRL player Brandon Smith, the cheese. The Cheese himself went on an NRL podcast and he was speaking about possibly moving away from the storm, you know, where he's going to be in 2023. He was swearing it up a fair bit. And this podcast is like the biggest news out of the sporting world in Australia over the weekend. You know, everyone's talking about it. Uh, The Daily Telegraph posted an article and some nerd some low-breed loser went through and counted how many times the cheese swore on the podcast. Counted it. I think it was 62 F words and like four C words or something. That's what I read. And that's just insane. What a world to live in, you know? What a world to live in where a rugby league player can't swear. You realize these guys are bagged out of their minds every weekend, not that it's any of our business whatsoever, you know? 
if you freak it, if you think swearing is an issue, steer clear of Mad Monday. It's not for you, okay? And it's like, when are we just going to let this shit go with these guys being perfect? Timmy Payne got done last week. You know, that was, I've said what I need to say about that. That was totally above board for mine. Consensual messages. Obviously, he's trying to play up on the wife. But again, that's his business. That's why bedrooms have doors, bruh. And it's like, now we got it. The cheese is swearing. And it's like, did you honestly think the cheese, who's notorious for being an absolute character and and some of his Mad Monday antics with... uh, you know, with Mad Boy Munster and this sort of stuff. Are you telling me there's a rugby league reporter who was under the impression the cheese doesn't swear? Because if there was, dude, that is, without a doubt, the funniest thing slash dumbest I've come across. When are we going to let this go? They're people. Okay, I know cricketers maybe get held to a higher standard because it's a gentleman's game or whatever. It wasn't when I fucking played it, but anyway. Rugby league, it's like Matt Lodge plays for the Queensland origin team and he is a violent criminal. Okay, so what are we going to... Who gives a fuck if the cheese is throwing a few swear, word, swear words around, you know? And, and he, he got in trouble because he said drinking is a big part of the culture. And it's like the Melbourne Storm were blowing up at him. Like, don't say that, this sort of stuff, which I understand. They're an organization. You know, they want to have like, you know, good, a good reputation. But at the same time, it's not like he's lying. You know, a guy goes on the podcast, tells the truth for an hour. Nothing too controversial. He just said um, drinking's a big part of the culture of the club. And, you know, it's a good way to bond with teammates. And he was swearing while he was doing it. So everyone's freaking losing their mind over that. But it's like, I'd be way more offended if he went on and lied to us and started lying about all sorts of stuff. You know, he's just on there telling the truth. Who gives a shit, dude? Yeah, they're getting pissed. Tip of the iceberg with these fellas. You know, as long as they don't get caught, like Jamil Hopawati did prison time and was still able to come back into the NRL. And he now has just been done for, uh, like, a huge cocaine bust. Huge. He was driving a truck filled with bricks of the stuff. And we're seriously going to have a go at, at the cheese for swearing? It's like, this is insane, dude. This is absolutely insane. And here's the thing. So, you know, they always say sports stars in the 80s were just out of control. You know, oh, they're doing this, they're, they're doing that. They got the moustaches and, you know, that cigarette cigarette and a beer at lunch and fucking back into it and, you know, this, this and this. But we, it's 2021 now. We've had about 15, 20 years, pro, you know, a whole generation of kids, really. Kids born from 2003 onwards, you know, 2000 onwards, let's say. We've had a whole generation of kids now who have grown up with these robotic sports stars you know, credit to the team. Thank you so much for your compliment. I could never take it. I have to give credit to the coach and my captain and even the players who did not make the team because they were not good enough. They can also have some of this credit. Some guy I met on the bus stop in 2007. Also credit to him. Please, please. I am a good team man. 
All right. They've been growing up with this just bullshit, media trained, can't say what you freaking feel sports players. So you'd think we're now sitting on a generation of golden children who've got nothing but nice things to say about everyone and no bad habits. But we all know that's not the case. Okay. It doesn't work. This whole thing where you want freaking NRL players and cricketers to parent your children is unrealistic and it's not going to happen. Not now, not ever. Okay. If your kid is a piece of shit, it's because of you. That's, that's it. That's all it is. You know, I grew up, Shane Warne was my idol from the time I could work out what a hero is. Okay. And all my, what bad habits I have. Do you honestly think I can blame Shane Warne for them? Are you out of your fucking mind, dude? Okay. When I think of Warney, I think about the times he freaking, you know, the inspirational moments, the times he came on in Adelaide in the ashes, the 42 wickets in England, you know, when he got uh, Andrew Strauss out in Melbourne, those moments, you know, I think about him batting in Edgebaston. I can't, I don't give a fuck what Warney gets up to in his personal life, you know, even as a kid, I never cared. And no kids care. This is such, it's just such a freaking, our barometer in Australia is just so off at the moment. It's just insane. It doesn't work. You know, all these, all these kids are crazier than ever. They're all watching 4K porn, jacking off on TikTok. Do you think it honestly matters if Pat Cummins says that, uh, you know, what's most important is being humble and, and being a part of the team and no one's bigger than him? They don't hear that. They're watching a gangbang at freaking 10 a.m. on a Wednesday because the internet is here. You know, we got to stop sweating the small stuff. As long as you're a pretty good bloke and you're not hurting anyone, who gives a shit? What is the issue? Dude, I remember that politician, um, Sam Dastyari. Is that how you say it? Sam Dastyari. I remember this guy because he was lost his po- political job. Um, you know, he was a politician and he like colluded with China and was disgraced. And you think, fuck, that is horrific. Treason. Doesn't get much worse than that. And then for weeks after that, he had a standing segment on Kyle and Jackie O and he had his own TV pilot on Channel 10. Yet Tim Payne sends off a freaking consensual filthy message and he's the world's worst bloke. It's like, honestly, who are these perfect Australians looking at the telly so much better than these celebrities? They're just people. I don't understand the issue. You know, look at me. Imagine if I was good enough at cricket to play for Australia. Imagine if I was actually talented and just a gun for some reason and I was playing for Australia. I'd still be the same absolute fucking idiot I am now, but I'd just be unbelievable at hitting cricket balls. So why do you, in your freaking stupid two-bedroom apartment, get to hold me to some impossible standard? You know, I need to be, you know, within the code of conduct of the team for sure. But you can still be yourself. You can still tell the truth. You know what I mean? It's just ridiculous, dude. Especially in the age of reality TV, you can be a celebrity overnight, you know? So it's like, we just need to relax. The chick who just won Love Island lives across the road from us here. You know, I've never met her, but she's just a normal person. She's probably got 200,000 Instagram followers now. 
You know, if she gets caught in some sexting scandal, is anyone really going to care? She's just a person. Leave her alone. So, I don't know, dude, but it's just like, I cannot believe that was the biggest story over the weekend in the sporting world, that, that an NRL player went on a podcast. It's just so dumb. It's so dumb. Journalism is at the lowest of lows for mine right now. That's just recycling news. That's not journalism. Provide a hot take. Provide an opinion. Write with some flair, brother. Light up the pen a little bit, you know? Throw a couple of whiskeys back and give me some Ernest Hemingway, you know? Now it's just freaking re-reporting what people have said on, on podcasts and news. It's like, that's not journalism, you know? Give me something. Provide a service. Writing. It's part of the arts. Why don't you fucking act like it, dude? But anyway... Oh, sorry. That's why I brought this up. Jesus Christ. Um, Sorry, the reason I brought this up is because on Sunday, George Cambosis Jr., Australian boxer, won the world title. And it was completely overshadowed by this whole... Because an NRL player was caught swearing on camera. (laughs) It's like, are you out of your mind? We got an Australian who's just achieved one of the craziest things ever. Now, I don't know much about boxing or really understand how the belts work, but George Cambosis Jr. won about seven of them, and he's the world champ. And instead of, you know, that should have been plastered all over everywhere. We, you know, we need to celebrate Australians. Not, we're just always bashing each other and picking people up on these tiny infringements, tiny mistakes. You know, let stuff go. It's Monday. It should have been nothing but freaking George Cambosis Jr., Instead, everyone's talking about this stupid podcast. Just piss me off, dude. And yeah, we just got to get around, got to get around each other a bit more, you know. But I tell you what, yeah, I'm not really a boxing fan, so I I, I didn't even know Cambosis was fighting. But we watched the replay. Fucking sick, dude! It was so cool. And here's the thing: I got a trend end to finish us up here. Trend end boxing has like there's like eight different belts for the same weight division, right? And as a casual fan, it's impossible to know what's going on. This guy comes in with seven belts. The other guy's got four. They're not fighting for all the belts. Some guy in Venezuela has a couple others. It's like, just have one belt for the whole world. That's what being a world champ is. You know, just sort it out. And it's like... And the thing is as well, when you watch the undercard of boxing, it's like they just make up belts. <laughs> like the the guy on a prelims will like win a belt and it'll be like, he's the Venezuelan state champ for 2022. And it's like, who gives a fuck, dude? What are you talking about? Belts are for world champs, none of this other stuff. So there's just way too many belts. I don't know what's going on in boxing. You don't know who's good, who's bad, when people are fighting. I didn't even know George Cambosis Jr. was fighting on Sunday, you know? And maybe if the media was celebrating some Aussies, creating a bit of hype, getting around people, you know, a bit of positivity, God forbid we actually celebrate the talent in this country, maybe I would have have known it was on because it was an absolute war and we could have watched it live here at the pad. But I missed it. We watched the replay and... uh, and dude, so just to finish this off here, I thought I'd award myself a couple of belts because, you know, you got 
with the boxing, it's like Oceanic, part-time champion, you know, best puncher in Russia in 2007 for the month of June. It's like, what the... You guys are just making shit up. So I got a, a freaking couple of belts for myself here. Firstly, first uh, first world title. <laughs> I guess not world title, but first uh, first belt I have awarded myself. I am without a doubt the most charismatic 6 out of 10 in the Oceanic region. Okay? Put that on a bumper sticker, dude. Respect it. You know? <laughs> get around it. You know, get around it. I'm the freaking... That's it. That's one of my things. Uh, I've also got the most beautiful Irish skin in my suburb. Obviously, that's aided by the fact there's no backpackers in this country at the moment. But without a doubt, in the suburb of Manly, I have the most beautiful Irish skin. You can take that to the grave. Give me another belt. There it is. Uh, I've also got the best attitude on the Eastern Seaboard. So there's another one. Um, you know, stack them up. Stack them up, just like boxing. You can sort of just make it up as you go and uh, and and pretend you're a, you're a champ. I'm loving it. And uh, just to round us out here, I'm also uh, the undisputed most powerful route in New South Wales. So, you know, honoured, privileged uh, to carry these belts. Uh, I'd like to tip my hat to the men before me who've carried them. And I look forward to winning even more belts in the future. You know, <laughs> That's literally what boxing is. They appear to just sort of make it up as they go. You got like 75 world champs on the same card. So, you know, keep your eyes down, lads. You wouldn't want to accidentally run into another world champ and realize it's all fucking bullshit. But, you know, to each their own. I have no idea how boxing works. Literally zero idea. But it's fucking cool. And now, when George Cambosis Jr. fights next, he's going to fight in Australia. It's going to be like a super fight in a stadium. Get to your local pub and bloody support the great man, you know? I will, I'm not a boxing fan. Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder sort of like piqued my interest. I was like, this is crazy. But I'm not a boxing fan, but I'm an Australian fan, dude. You know, I was watching Jess Fox in the canoe in the Olympics. That's how I got into the Matildas. I don't give a fuck about women's soccer, but I was watching the Matildas to support the country. Now I'm into that. Now I love them. You know, I'll watch any Australian on the world stage freaking giving it to the rest of the world, dude. And I don't, and the media should freaking shape up a bit, you know? We're always bashing each other when we got great Aussies doing great things and we don't even fucking care. You know, shape up Fox Sports. That should have been plastered all over KO. But anyway, that's the end of the podcast. This one was wild, dude. I was just freaking flying by the seat of my pants here. i got to say, I freaking enjoyed this one. So I hope you did too. Um, do I have anything to promote? There is actually a new stand-up clip on my YouTube channel. Bit of crowd work action. It's called Lawyer Hates Small Business. Again, I just tee off on... This lady in the crowd, shout out to Brooke, who came to two shows this year and did not deserve this treatment. She's a great girl. And uh, so shout out to Brooke for letting me uh, tee off on her at my stand-up comedy show. And uh, check that YouTube out. Share it with your friends. Tell your father-in-law that Billy Darcy is the best comedian 
this side of the Harbour Bridge and 2022, dude, I'm just going to book Kudos Bank Arena and hope for the best. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, dude. Thanks for listening. Wait too-